0: running a 5k on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 tips for driving while in kenya and a diagnosis of testicular cancer pretty random topics right not so fast remember nothing's ever random A year ago today, on Friday, September 11th, 2020, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Today, September 11th, 2021, I ran a 5K. Thank you, Jesus. Driving in Kenya, I've always described it as a real life video game. Nobody cares what place you come in. Everybody wins when nobody dies. And instead of harmless orange cones keeping you in your lane, there are four-foot barrels filled with concrete. A few tips for the aspiring driver. Always remember this. This is Kenya. Due to its British colonial influence, you should be driving on the left side of the road. Watch out for the donkey, and the goat, and the cow, and the geese. E-I-E-I-O. Hitting these items will not earn you extra points. Defensive driving is not just a strategy here, it is essential to survival. As tempting as it may be, do not rubberneck when your kids point out the two guys peeing on the side of the road. Be mindful of the oncoming matatu. Yes, it is in your lane. Yes, it has grossly overestimated the distance between the vehicle it's passing and the vehicle it now shares a lane with. That's you. And yes, it's flashing its lights at you, letting you know that you are the one who needs to fix this. Stuck behind a slow-moving lorry weighed down with cabbages? Be careful as you decipher its blinking right signal light. It either means the driver is planning to turn right, in which case passing him would not be a good idea, or the driver is communicating that it's safe to pass him on the right. Still probably not a good idea. Smile and wave, interpreting the police officer's sweeping hand gestures as either a friendly greeting or clearly intended for the car behind you, not asking you to pull over. When you do get pulled over, treat the nice officer in the neon green vest as though they were a long-lost relative. Respond to all their statements and accusations with a knowing nod and generously offer them a ride to the nearest police station to settle the debt that you now owe. Insist on this point, and you should be on your way shortly, If they take you up on your offer prepare yourself for a long day navigate deftly through the construction zone hands always at 10 and 2 and be prepared for sudden lane shifts and terrain changes remember the barrels of concrete don't move when you clip them keep your hands inside the vehicle at all times pickies which are motorbike taxis find a way between vehicles where there is no way it's kind of like that line from the song God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Only this time the motorbike is the one weaving its way through standstill traffic, carrying a young mother and one or two of her children along for the ride. If you do decide to make eye contact with the person selling water or toilet paper, and yes, that is the biggest roll of teepee you've ever seen, oranges or mosquito rackets or slingshots or pictures of the president or peanuts or roasted corn, Understand that you've essentially purchased the item in question and have invited all of the peddlers on foot within a 100 meter radius to reach their arms into your open windows in an effort to provide up close advertising. Maybe just keep your windows closed. And last but not least, when driving in Kenya, keep one eye out for noteworthy bumper stickers, window decals, and mud flap quotes. There have been so many classics over the years. Driving in Kenya for nine years, here are my top two. Number one is easily bite what you can. I wish I had a picture to commemorate this one, but you can imagine it handwritten in all caps on the mud flaps of a very large bus moving quite fast, and you get the idea. I could delve deeper into the brilliance of this life philosophy, bite what you can, but I think we'll let it speak for itself. Number two is thus far the Lord. The first time I read this, it was plastered on the back of a matatu that had just pulled off another death-defying lane change right before my eyes. Reading it aloud with a question in my voice, thus far, the Lord? I assumed it was a typo. This is either a missing comma, or the words are out of order, or at the very least, it's an incomplete statement, right? It's not unheard of for a phrase to get lost or confused in translation, and these often provide some of the most entertaining reading material on the road, let me tell you. It turns out, though, that this one was no mistake. In fact, it's a quote straight from God's Word that I've come to appreciate, especially as I reflect on the past year. Thus far the Lord. It's the first part of the complete phrase, thus far the Lord has helped us. From 1 Samuel seven twelve, it's a testimony of God's provision, his deliverance, his faithfulness towards his people when they look to him. Samuel is reminding the people of God's goodness by looking back. Remembering is important. September 11th of all days has taught us that much. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, the people of Israel had recommitted themselves to the Lord by putting away their worthless idols. They had been called to obedience instead of relying on these things that have no power, instead of banking on the works of their own hands, instead of trying to figure out things by themselves again. God here is calling us to recognize his sovereignty. We're being encouraged to kneel before his lordship. We're reminded to put him on the throne in our hearts where he belongs. We are commanded to remove the idols that we so often look to first. In the case of the Israelites and Samuel, they had abandoned their efforts in the consistent battle against the Philistines. Read the story in 1 Samuel 7. God's deliverance was immediate and unmistakable. Samuel paused then in verse 12 and set up his Ebenezer, a stone of help. It was a monument to God's faithfulness. And so today, one year after hearing the words, Dan, I'm pretty sure this is cancer, I can testify that the Lord has helped us thus far. Thus far, we have seen his goodness. Lord willing, from now on, we will remember. And on our good days, we might even trust him with what's next. We're still learning that lesson. You know the line by now, God is good all the time. Even when the diagnosis is bad, God is good. Even when the news is hard, God is good. Even when the pandemic just keeps going, God is good. Even when the future is murky, God is good. Even when the Philistines are still there, God is good. Even when it's scary and hard, the end of the rope, it seems awfully close. God is good all the time. I would venture to say, especially when these things are the case, God's goodness is shown for what it really is. If we are obedient to put away our worthless efforts and attempts at self-preservation, self-sufficiency, idol-worshipping of all shapes and sizes, he will take the opportunity to show himself faithful. We just need to give him a chance. God is good all the time. Thanks for listening.